Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Avoiding Broke podcast. It's me, Jermaine. And today I'd like to just share some thoughts on the reintroduction of 100% mortgage products in the UK. Now, these 100% products allow people with no deposit uh, to essentially be given mortgage lending and then have a chance to enter home ownership. And they are typically introduced to address a need of the rental sector because you'll find that rents can go up, bills can go up. We've seen it particularly in this economy where the increase in interest rates and different things like um, energy price increases have seen some tenants really struggling because they talk about um, potentially even excessive um, rent increases from landlords and also then having the corresponding increases in in bills from utility companies. And so for this sector, so, um, who may be aspirational homeowners as well, having things like 100% mortgages gives them an option of getting onto the ownership ladder. And part of the case will be made that they could all, they have a chance of saving money um, because mortgages can be lower can be cheaper than rent. Now, I'd counsel that you've got to look at the fully loaded cost of home ownership where you have all the responsibility for anything that may go wrong, right? So that can be quite significant. Then you've got other associated costs of property purchasing, property maintenance. Um, Depending on what type of property you buy, you could have service fees, management fees. So there's a fully loaded cost associated but we won't dive into that detail right now, but we can do it later if you'd like. You can just drop us a message and I can explain that a little bit more. What the what these 100% mortgages really make me think of is this old um, kind of model of thinking where home ownership was the the big goal for many of us. You know, I remember when I was growing up and... I was listening to my aunts and uncles talk. This is when I was much, much younger and I was listening to them talk. The goal was always to work hard, save your deposit and make sure you obtain your property. And I actually initially thought it was always to obtain the property to move out. And I think for a lot of people, that probably is a little bit more common that you're trying to obtain your property so that you can move out, you can change your home, you can live elsewhere, um, you can maybe have your own independence. Now, my family was quite interesting because as I grew up, I realised that they were more on the entrepreneurial side and actually they were looking to obtain property to them, for themselves um, to be landlords. And so I had a slightly different education, I suppose, in seeing that they had... Um, been willing to actually live in the same houses together for a little bit longer and obtain some property, uh, rent it out, generate additional income. And now that they're significantly older, um, all of them are retired, I believe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure all of them are retired. They have all managed to use property as a vehicle to support that. Um, I'm neither advocating it or, or, you know, or or, um, saying it's saying it's wrong. I'm just stating the facts, which is that they use property as that type of vehicle. And a lot of landlords obviously look at it as part of their uh, as part of their retirement plan. 
what I, and I think there's a difference though in how different cultures have appropriate have approached property. So I was talking to a friend of mine, um, and he was he's an Asian gentleman, and he was explaining that within the Asian community, it's a similar model um, that many people choose to follow, which is for a larger number of people to live together stay together as a family unit for longer, use disposable income and combined income to then purchase property, generate cash flows from that property, and then to choose to move out much, much, much later and to have at least benefited from cycles of that property generating income um, and hopefully the capital growth which, which supports broader wealth creation. Now, it's not the same for everybody, of course, because I know many um, whose objective has been to get up, get a property and get out. Um, and I've, I've I've had many friends who have followed that model. You know, my own personal path has been somewhere probably more broadly in the middle. Um, but when I got when I got engaged um, to get married, getting out and starting our own independent life was just simply a much bigger deal. I still had the model of property investment in mind, but it was a much bigger deal. Can't really say why, but it it was just one of those things where as I reflect on it now, I'm looking thinking, well, it's, it's not been any problem at all. But there's a question which is, you know, for my own children, what would I think um, is going to be a, a, a good approach for them? You know, what would I maybe advise them if they asked me? Uh, frankly, I'm not too sure. Part of it also depends, I guess, on whether or not I want them to stay living at home or whether I'm desperate to try and kick them out. I'm not sure. <laughs> I think more likely the the property market right now in the UK, the average property is selling for something like eight times um, the average income. So when you look at that and you just think uh, what happens in the next 20 years, for example, when the next generation may be looking to get their property. Well, the reality is, you know, like if if history is anything to go by and if inflation is any kind of reasonable guide, you would expect the average property to be more than eight times the average income, which may mean that for generations coming in, they may not have many choices about whether or not they're able to go and pick up and buy a property. Um, it may simply be a, a too big an affordability challenge. We really don't know. But what it does start um, highlighting is that the model of taking 100% mortgages uh, is one that we've got a question, we've got to really look at in this context, because we've got to start thinking, you know, is home ownership for the sake of owning, for the sake of not being a renter anymore, does it really make sense? I'm not sure. And I think the model is going to is going to start shifting because home ownership in, its, in itself has got massive, massive costs associated with it. So when you sit down and you have to look at stamp duty, legal fees, the cost of getting your property probably renovated, um, you still are responsible for bills. You're not getting past that. The cost of if anything goes wrong, if you have to pay any servicing, management charges, you are directly responsible for all of that. And if you can't meet your commitments for any reason, you can't just walk away from a contract. You know, you're tied and your financial future 
is totally, totally tied up in it. Now, if for any reason your life circumstances change, well, what happens? If you have a, if you bought a flat and you only have, let's say, a single bedroom, and you had a child on the way and you decided that you needed another bedroom, you needed more space, well, what exactly happens to your, to your property? It's not easy to necessarily pick up and... And even if you say wanted to have a property costing a similar amount of money, it's not as easy just to pick up and leave the product that you hold because your lending options in the market are going to be more restricted. You may find yourself tied to a particular lender. You may find that even if you wanted to increase um, the amount of borrowing you have, there may be different restrictions. You may find that as the macroeconomy changes, that the ability to access a range of 100% or higher LTV products is dec- it decreases. You may find that if you get into negative equity, so if the value of your property were to be unlucky and go down, you'd be sitting there with a 100% mortgage, so you'd effectively be paying more for a property than it's actually worth and it's going to be difficult for you to recoup anything um should you wish to should you wish to sell that pro- that property or should you know should you wish to ch- change your circumstance that risk of being tied with fewer options and with less flexibility is one that you shouldn't take lightly because i think uh, what i've seen um through uh owning different properties is I've been in situations many times where I've decided to change a product it might be to leave early Um, I knew when I wanted to uh, obtain more property I've paid exit fees when I wanted to uh, move move lender because I felt that the market was such that um, I was going to save enough money over moving lender for a different deal I paid exit fees um, just before interest rates started rising. I had a funny feeling um, about the macroeconomy and I paid a stonking exit fee um, because I felt like the products that were available were going to save me enough over the long term. And I, I can't I can't even say how lucky that was that I was willing to pay um, a small fortune to to switch product. But it worked out. You know, those are the consequences of making unexpected decisions with a mortgage product. Now, not everybody can even be in a position to pay these exit fees. But what it taught me is that even if you feel quite certain, even if you feel quite stable and you'd like to think that your decisions around property are are solid, you know, they, they are simply going to withstand time you think your situation is stable you think you know what you're doing there can be different things that come up which are well beyond your control you have no view on whatsoever and you may find yourself in a position where things change now when things change you want to have the ability to be versatile the ability to move to be flexible and when you've got products that are quite prohibitive, quite, quite restrictive, products that you can't get many of them, 
products that means you are very highly leveraged, products that mean you may not be able to withstand negative equity, whereby if you sell that property, you may find yourself still owing your mortgage lender more money than you purchased the property for. You may find that those are situations are very difficult to handle. And that's why I would suggest you don't go into these things lightly. And it's also why we should take time to think about the model of home ownership and whether that really is the the dream, whether that's really the goal. It's very possible that there are different models that can be worked on and they include staying at home for longer, saving more. So you can still even take high LTV lending. You can still get a 90 or 95% mortgage, but at least you've got a little bit of skin in the game. So you, you have a little bit less exposure. Um, they include buying with family members and actually being willing to live together for a little bit longer to, again, give yourself time to build up a buffer. They include simply not looking at renting is such a bad thing. I do get why it's um, I do get why sometimes you can look and think it's it's wasted money, but it really isn't as simple as that. Because you're paying, but you're paying rent. Yes, you don't own the asset. Yes, I get it. But you also don't have all the liability. And that liability is really tough to stomach at times. If you look in the UK now, where we have had interest rate increases, I'm going to say for 12 or 13 consecutive months, the last one was last week. Anybody who was on a tracker rate mortgage has seen their mortgage expense increase every single month. They've got nothing they can do about it, no say in it. All they've got to do is bear the continued um, brunt of the burden, bear the impact of decisions made by the Bank of England. People, frankly, who are far wealthier than them and they're not necessarily even looking out for the interests of many people who are struggling to afford mortgage rate repayments right now. What can you do? I mean, that's a liability that you can't take lightly. And if you are on a fixed um, contract, with uh, a fixed renting contract you don't have any of that liability you don't have the responsibility for for meeting the extra repayments whereas the bank of whereas the landlord does so we've got to look at renting um in its in its real context which is that when it seemed like everything was stable and rents were going up uh, but, but property was cheap yeah you know there's some misunderstanding of of why renting may not be perceived as as beneficial as home ownership but i can tell you for free the realities of being a property owner and the responsibilities that come with it are absolutely massive they're absolutely huge and you've got to really be able to um take that responsibility in a in a big way and in a way that you try not to have any stress because there's a very very um real unfortunate um often damaging link between money and mental health mental capacity and if you feel like you have got money problems it is a huge cause of mental stress it's very difficult to be alleviated and sometimes it seems like money is the solution well i can tell you for free property ownership comes with you having a lot less money it comes with having a lot less flexibility and if anything goes wrong which invariably it does. I do not know anybody who's involved in property who has not seen things go wrong. If anything goes wrong, you need 
really broad shoulders to take that on and deal with it in a way that tries to limit the amount of personal stress you have. And in the absence of doing that, you can find yourself in some pretty unfortunate positions. And I don't know anybody, including myself, who's not found themselves um, dealing with unwanted stress at some point due to property ownerships and, and the realities of it. And so I think, just take it right back to the original question, which is around these 100% mortgages and the opportunities that they provide. They undoubtedly give a, a useful route into, into home ownership. There's no question. They undoubtedly give groups that would otherwise be renting for longer the chance to make a shift earlier. And there's probably some very sensible um, conditions built into these products, which can help people get onto the property ownership ladder. But what we have to look at alongside it is just the real financial, mental, emotional commitment involved in being a property owner. Um, the real risks that property ownership pose, um, your personal finances are massively, massively at risk. And you've got to be able to truly withstand that um, and ideally do that in a way that is not going to create stress. Now, if you are in a situation where you do not have enough money to put down a deposit, you may not have um personal finances that are resilient enough to be a property owner because to be a property owner you need some cash behind you you need to be able to deal with unexpected um, events leaks water damage electric failing major repairs um, you need to be able to deal with all of this you need to be able to deal with the cost of actually paying your mortgage you need to be able to factor in what you'll do if anything unexpected arises, like you might need to move, change, you need to leave the country, go and live elsewhere. You have a child. Um, something happens in your life that means you require more space. All of these different factors that they don't immediately occur when we think about wanting to own property. You have to have some money behind you. To be able to deal with them and if you don't have enough to put a deposit down you know ask the question do you really then have enough to deal with the unexpected and then the very model and belief that home ownership um, is the goal well we should question it we should question it to say is home ownership really the goal um, it may well be uh, I'm not giving a view either way. I personally think it probably is, frankly. Um, and if it is the goal, how do we need to obtain it? Do we need to still try to be homeowners as quickly as possible, no matter the cost? Or is there a more flexible way of attaining home ownership? So can we find ways to be more patient, make a decision over a longer period of time, um, find different ways of generating a deposit, and that may mean uh, living with family, friends, staying at home a little bit longer. If we have those options, can we investigate those and really go for that? And can we just have a more patient, sensible 
um, approach to making a massive, massive financial decision? I think those are the kind of questions and the kind of scenarios that need to be played out. We should really think that through and then maybe make, and try to make a more informed decision by speaking to people who have made the choice of, say, 100% mortgage and, have, and who feel they've gotten it wrong. But equally speaking to those who have made the choices and who feel they've gotten it right, you know, and make that balanced choice. I know for me personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't be looking at them. Um, I'm not giving advice here. I'm just telling I'm just telling you, telling you honestly, I really wouldn't be looking at them because I think the cost involved in being a property owner and the responsibility is such that you need to have some cash behind you. You need to be really you need to have proven that you're responsible enough with money to be able to even be able to put down a deposit before you should look at taking on the responsibility of of owning a of owning and operating a property yourself and then once you've proven that then you can kind of build i think um but in the absence of knowing of 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 being able to really be pretty good with your own money um you know i'd be i'd be reluctant personally to drift into a hundred percent product um that's the personal view. Maybe it will change and I'm going to keep making sure I learn and stay up to date on this market as well. But personally, no, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be really playing around with those product types of products right now. Um, I'd be watching, learning and trying to demonstrate to myself that I can manage my money a lot better. That I've got a deposit ready to roll. And I can do that before I've got the big responsibility of being the sole person um, responsible for a, for a, for a house. So um, let me know what you think, guys. W- welcome any thoughts, comments, challenges, other observations and anything that I've missed. You can find us on all platforms at Avoiding Broke. I think this is going to be a massive area unfolding and really welcome all of your inputs so we can keep learning and keep growing together. OK, thanks, everybody. Have a great Sunday. Speak to you soon. Bye.